Hello, and welcome to Just Another Real Estate Podcast, where we'll speak with Arizona's most successful real estate professionals to better understand their business, current market conditions, team and business building strategies, successes, and challenges. This podcast is brought to you by Dwell Inspect Arizona with your host, Sean Garvey. Thank you for joining me. Today's guest on Just Another Real Estate Podcast is Stephanie Greenfield. She is the team lead of the Bray team. Uh, Bray team is at Berkshire Hathaway, uh, office located at 32nd and Camelback. Um, thank you for being with me today, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Uh, it's, it's an honor to have you in here. Um, I have known you for a long time, um, probably about five time. years now or so. Yep. Um, and I don't initially remember how we connected, but um, it's it's just been such a pleasure and refreshing uh, opportunity to work with you and of course your mom and then watch you and your business and your team grow throughout the years. Yeah, um, likewise. I think I think when we did meet, I think you were the only one inspecting houses at the time. So it's kind of at least in Arizona, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been awesome to um you know, watch you grow as well and have all your inspectors come along and it's been great. Well, we certainly couldn't have done that without, um, you know, the support of you and your clients and your team. Um, and so, yeah, that's the natural path of, of a business, right? Especially in yours too, you start out um, as a solopreneur and you're doing everything um, from uh, answering calls and uh, washing all the dishes and sweeping the the office and <laughs> <laughs> and licking all the envelopes to um, uh, as demand grows and and your um, need to continue to grow spreads um, you add team members to help uh, with those supportive roles and and uh, help spread your vision and your journey right right yeah that's awesome I was just uh, actually licking some envelopes right before this so <laughs> I still have some room for growth clearly <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's also the uh the position of the owner of the business right you you have to do all the things that people aren't willing to do yeah do um, whatever it takes at any point <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that includes envelopes yep uh how long have you been in the real estate business well, anytime anyone ever asks me that question, I always say my entire life, yeah. um, because really that is the truth. Um, I'm actually a third generation realtor. And uh, so I grew up in the you know back of my mom's suburban going on showings um, in Arizona all summer long with my siblings, you know, and uh -huh. uh, if it was a long house tour, she would put us in the back seat and give us a Coke icy and say, here you go, get in, be <laughs> quiet. And, uh, and learn a real estate <laughs> business. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I got my real estate license when I was 18, just oh, no for kidding. the fact that I could, and I thought I knew all the answers to the test already. Um, but at that time, I was an 18 year old and said, I'm not selling real estate, but what my parents do, no way, uh, because I had all the answers when I was 18, right. like most 18 year olds do, right? Sure. And, uh, <laughs> So I said, no way, Jose. And I went to uh, Arizona State, got some degrees, moved to LA and did some consulting out there for a couple of years that was totally unrelated to real estate, but had this moment in LA when I was working, um, you know, 80 hours a week, week on week. And I actually ended up in the emergency room at UCLA with an ocular migraine. 
It wow. was so intense that I couldn't read anything. I couldn't read my computer screen. And um, the doctor said, you need to go home and close your eyes and turn the lights off because this is going to hurt really bad really soon. And uh, sure enough, it was the ocular part that was first and the migraine came later. But I was 24 and thinking to myself, you know, why am I killing myself literally dying at 24 years old for someone else's dream, you know, someone else's business. And uh, I moved back to Phoenix shortly after that and thought, well, what else do I know? <laughs> I know how to sell real estate, I guess. So I uh, jumped in full-time um, and that was about eight years ago. So I've been full-time in real estate now. I'm working at it as a career for about eight years. Uh, there's a ton of follow-up questions on there, but the first <laughs> is obviously you left a joke or you left a job where you were working 80 hours a week to take another job where you're working more than 80 hours a week. <laughs> totally. I love that point actually. And people say yeah. that to me all the time. They're like, why don't you work that now? Um, yeah, totally. I work probably more than that now, but I love what I do and I work for myself. Yeah. Um, and so I, I have always been the type of person just going to work that hard. And so I thought, you know, I need to do this for me. Um, if that's just the type of person that I'm built to be. Yeah, you control your own journey um, yeah. in reality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then with that, so your, your first year in business probably wasn't the traditional first year of business where you didn't have um, you know, a clue what you were doing. You didn't know how to acquire leads or, or clients. Um, did, right. did, your, um, did you join your mom right away uh, in, in her business, your mom and dad in, in their business? Yeah. And, yeah, I did. So I joined my mom um, right away. My dad, uh, by this point, didn't sell real estate anymore. He's got mm, other okay. construction stuff going on. But anyway, um, joined uh, her right away. At that point, we had our own brokerage. And it was just her, in fact. Um, all of my siblings, except the one that isn't legally old enough to yet, have their real estate licenses as well. And yeah. so uh, it was her with her three kids with their licenses and that was it, oh, no kidding. little brokerage um and so we worked together under that small brokerage for a couple of years and you're right I mean the first year I just followed her around and you know did her paperwork and did her showings and you know did that kind of a thing because I didn't have my own clients yet um and then uh we can talk about you know how I started to build my own client base yeah, if sure. you want but um you know, but at some point I did that, started building my own client base and said, hey, I really want to grow a team. And she said, well, that's great, but not under our teeny tiny brokerage. <laughs> she won't. Right. Um, just too much, you know, paperwork and overhead and on and on. So that's when we actually joined Berkshire Hathaway. And that was about five years ago now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So you, mm -hmm. you had that vision of growing a team for five years plus before making and, and you shifted as a result of of you you had that vision and path yeah from when you started yeah yeah pretty much I um you know we always kind of talk about her being old school and me being new school and sure. I can say that she's not offended by that because we have kind of come to uh accept that that's a good thing for our yeah. team um you know and it brings a lot of different aspects to it but I always kind of thought hey I really want to take this core principle this core business that you have and really just blow it up into what I know we could be, um, especially being an Arizona native, you know, I've been around for a long time. I know the Valley 
like the back of my hand. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was my goal for a long time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. Um, you also don't meet many natives um, in this age. A lot of, a lot of people are transplants here. So that, that certainly gives you a, a, a leg up when you're kind of knowing, touring around, knowing pockets, uh, knowing communities yeah. and stuff. I do. I tell people all the time. It's one of my favorite things to do is drive clients around and show off Arizona. Um, yeah. You know, I remember when the 51 didn't go north of Bell and north of Greenway, you know, because that's where I lived when that was being built. Yeah. Um, and just to see like the growth of the city it, over my life has been really amazing. Transforming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's circle back. Uh, so, you know, you're effectively uh, your your mom's assistant in the beginning, which is which is a great way to learn the business. Um, yeah. And a lot of people don't have, I'm assuming she was a mentor, uh, especially since you are still working together. A lot of people yeah. don't have that in the uh, uh, structure of their business. Um, so, yeah, how did you make the shift from being, you know, I can see what you're doing and I'm helping you to now it's my turn to kind of um, yeah. emulate or take over? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so when we first started together, she really worked on, you know, with clients, just people that she knew, really, that was it, you know. Sure. Um, and that's a great business, obviously, especially someone like her. I mean, she's been a realtor for 46 years now. She's a realtor emeritus, wow. um, which is amazing. But she really just worked with people she knew. And at the time, um, I was, you know, 24, 25, and I'd kind of already talked to all my friends, hey, anybody want to buy a house? Um, and I, you know, did a couple here and there, but that for me, that wasn't enough. So I was like, all right, how am I going to actually get some more business that aren't just, you know, my mom's friends, right? Right, sure. Um, and so I actually started paying for Zillow leads back then. And this was in, you know, what is that, 2014, 2015-ish timeframe. Um, yeah. And that was kind of a newer concept back then. Um, you know, I, I think that Zillow has obviously changed a ton over those years. But I do think in the beginning that people were actually going to Zillow to find a realtor and to yeah. find help. Um, so I think that, like, the return that I got was much more achievable in those days than it would be today type of thing. But nonetheless... I spent, you know, whatever couple hundred bucks I could um, a month on leads. And I just lived and died by my phone. I kept it attached to my hand permanently at all times. My mom joked about me answering Zillow leads on top of a mountain on the weekends. Like we were hiking and I'm like, hello, hello. <laughs> you <Yeah>. hear me? <laughs> um, but I just, you know, I would answer at 1130 at night if people called me and I built like a pretty uh, small core um, group of clients, but they turned out to be some of my best, like most amazing referral partners. Um, the first, I think my first ever Zillow lead client, whatever you want to call it, um, sure. was actually a financial advisor. And he has over the last five years referred me double digit, um, wow. you know, number of deals. So I just, I just like out hustled a lot of people that I knew to find deals however I could, um, whether it was Zillow or, you know, joining networking groups or um, just things that nobody else really wanted to do or really wanted to put in the effort on. I mean, that, 
that's a recurring point, you know, that the that we're early in this in this podcast and and we've interviewed a handful of people and the the common theme is that in the beginning and it's there's an evolution to it but in the beginning you're just out out hustling everywhere taking every opportunity that you can get no matter when it comes in and yeah. willing to do whatever it takes to succeed and that's that's yeah. really phenomenal um especially starting with um with the encouragement and the um structure of your mom being involved and i think it, mm -hmm. it's pretty incredible that you kind of zigged when when she had been dagging the the old versus new mentality you, you right. went out on a limb and tried something different because you knew that your your the net you were casting was not developed enough yet i'm sure right. you know 22 24 years old people aren't buying right. houses quite yet right, right. they're starting yeah, to dip in there but they're not mm -hmm. there yeah. yeah 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 and i would imagine that's hard for a lot of um, young agents that are getting into the business is that, you know, you, it'd be great to sell all your friends' houses, but many of them aren't ready to buy a house yet. Right. Sure. And it's so hard to, especially being young, um, and not having any deals, you know, any history of doing a yeah. deal. You're like, Hey, Mr. Six-year-old friend <laughs> of my, you know, dad of my friend, will you please yeah. trust me with the largest financial transaction possibly of your life? Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's really hard for a lot of people. And, um, and that's why I just, you know, I would do any deal. Like I, I think at one point I went to this class where they were like, you know, you could post um, a list uh, or a link on Craigslist to all of the rentals that are available in your area and just say, you'll help people with them. And I did that. I, and I got bonkers calls, like ridiculous, weird. Really? You know. Yeah. Um, but I would do any rental, like any rental in town, I would work because, hey, that was experience, you know? And it wasn't necessarily like the greatest paycheck, obviously they still aren't, but um, you know, it was like, hey, building rapport with people and showing people that you're willing to work hard for them. Um, mm -hmm. People don't forget that, you know, especially something like rentals, they weren't easy then, they aren't easy now. And if you can help yeah. someone, yeah, if you can help someone get into a home in the competitive rental market, they're not going to forget you for that. Yeah, for sure. That's mm -hmm. really interesting approach. Um, I haven't heard that one before. And uh, yeah, you're <laughs> right. I mean, the sure, the money's not great. And I don't even know what the money is, but it's not, I know it's, it's a modest amount of money, but in reality, yeah. it is money and it's an opportunity. Um, totally. Yep. You know, it, it, we look at, in our business, we look at every inspection as an opportunity to meet a buyer, a seller, uh, a buyer's agent, and a, and a seller's agent, make a good impression on all four people. Um, and Absolutely. every time you do that, you're expanding your potential for um, mm -hmm. growing your business positively or negatively. Right. Um, so right. you have to be careful. Right. And, and you know, it, I have a really good example of that type of mindset, you know, just not saying no to any who needs help any type of deal any type of relationship um early on i started uh mentoring kids mm -hmm. you know i was like you really? 25 you want me to mentor kids okay sure <laughs> um but i started mentoring college kids uh at wp carry at asu which is where i graduated from and uh and so i had this one kid who was really enthusiastic about real estate and he wanted to put together this big investment fund and all the stuff. And 
I'm like, you know, I, I would love to help you, but I don't know all the pieces that you need, right? Mm-hmm. So let's kind of form a little group for you of other mentors. We can all come together and support you on this journey. And um, so through that, I met two other people who were his other mentors, but we all got together to kind of help him collaborate on this project. And one of the guys who was the other mentor, um, he was like, yeah, so I just, um, I just moved to Arizona not too long ago. And I have this property in Tempe that I, um, that I need to sell. Would you be interested in selling it? And I was like, heck yeah, I would be. How fast can I sign? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think this was one of my first listings, maybe the first or second. And um, it was a $145,000 condo in Tempe, which what were we all doing six years ago? Not buying a thousand of those, but anyway, um, it was a $145,000 condo in Tempe. And I set it open like day after day after day, did everything. Eventually um, he got this great offer from a lady that he really couldn't refuse. It was like a really great lease deal for two years. And uh, so I got paid, you know, something on, on the lease, right? Well, come to find out, um, this particular guy has been a real estate investor for the majority of his adult life and has since closed about nine or $10 million in real estate with me, um, since then. And all because I said, Hey, I'm gung ho. Like I'll sell your $145,000 sure. all day long, you know? So you just never know who, who people are or, um, what they want to do and as long as I think as long as you're just willing to show up for people and show them how hard you work um, that that will be rewarded oh that's good yeah yeah you never you never know where your next opportunity is coming from but as long as you're out meeting people and creating some sort of productivity there will be another opportunity totally. that's incredible and which kind of leads me back to your old versus old school versus new school comment because you're mm-hmm. taking a lot of old school tactics or what I would consider to be old school tactics of of um, hitting the ground and and pounding the pavement and then kind of mixing <laughs> them with the opportunities created from new school because sure. um, it still is a relationship business no matter how you post it on social media right yeah yeah absolutely it really is. And I guess, you know, a lot of it, a lot of that kind of old school versus new school, especially in the beginning was for me, a lot of the kind of back end and office stuff. um, My mom was like paper files and file cabinets Uh in her office and things like that. And I was constantly hunting for, you know, um, CRMs and email tools and all of that kind of stuff to get more organized because um you know I knew that we were going to ramp it up and I wanted to be ready when that came and have the right tools so that we weren't trying to print contracts when we had five or six deals and after all at once you know got it um so she so that's kind of where that all began for us the old school versus new school thing and eventually luckily when we came over to the brokers they had so many of those tools you know already <laughs> available <Yeah. laughs> for us so I could spend less time on them um, but that was kind of the origination of the old school versus new school thing. Got it. And then of, of course the social media aspect too, which I'm sure you'll want to talk about. Yeah, we'll jump into that in a little bit. I do have a question though, to head back to your, um, financial referral, the financial 
client or the client that was the financial mm. advisor, advisor and he's been uh-huh. a, a referral you said you know 20 plus times um how do you what what what's why i mean he's showing you throwing you lots of business um you're mm-hmm. obviously showing up a, a good deal but what's the secret sauce of why that that keeps coming in your direction and keeps sending you clients and helping you expand your business yeah um you know i think for him and I guess it would be best to ask him, right? Maybe sure. I should, because I think that would be actually a really interesting point. So thank you for that, because I will. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he sent me a couple of like very difficult uh, transactions and, you know, I just handled it the way I would handle anything else. And I think he kind of knew that, you know, especially if you're at the point where your financial advisor is telling you that you need to make some sort of real estate move. Um, Mm -hmm. that's not always necessarily by people's first choice or like burning desire to do so. Right. Um, so I just kind of handled it, um, handled everything smoothly for him. Um, and also I, am because it's a relationship business, you know, like you said, I just tried to stay in front of them as much as I could. Like I sent him birthday cards, his wife's birthday cards, both of his kids' birthday cards. I invite them to my client appreciation party every single year you know, I call them, text them, send them video texts, like, hey, I'm just thinking about you. Hey, how you doing? Um, anything to just kind of be there. And also, I just answer the phone when he calls, yeah. you know, because so often, um, so often he would call me on speakerphone. Hey, Seth, I have so-and-so sitting here in my office right now. They're going to call you tomorrow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'll be ready, you know. And um, like, I think the fact that I always answer his call I make a point to always answer his call kind of shows him and the clients that hey I'm ready I'm willing ready to go but it doesn't it also doesn't sound like you take that relationship for granted like you you've worked for that connection and you've moved past you've probably moved past the the um the finer points on it and become friends with them as well but it sounds like uh, it sounds like you worked really hard to keep that relationship established and, and maintain front of mind yeah. with old school tactics you know sending yeah. sending birthday cards is not the new model um you know that's an sure. old marketing old sales marketing model from yep but it works it's tried and true yeah yeah sure and one of his sons actually bought um gosh he's bought now two houses with me I think and one time he was introducing me to a friend of his and he said you've got to meet Stephanie I have no idea how she does it but yeah. She sends me a birthday card every single year. I have no <laughs> idea how she remembers. I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you that I use a CRM. And it reminds me, I don't have your birthday memorized, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, you could use tools to help you look to your clients like they're the most important person in your life, you know, which is how everybody wants to feel anytime they're dealing with anybody, right? In customer yeah. service or in business or anything. You've mentioned CRM a couple of times too. Is there a specific CRM that you use um, or is it? You know, we have, I've tried a couple of them. I think yeah. none of them are perfect, um, but having one that you use is the most important thing. At this point, I have one that's through Berkshire Hathaway um, and that's the one that I use because it has pretty good content already built into it. Um, but that's what I always tell new agents, like don't get into the weeds doing 11 different trials for you know 16 months while you try to figure out which one is perfect sure. just get something and start and even if it's just excel 
who cares? You know, even if it's a piece of paper, really just get a piece of paper, get an Excel spreadsheet, write down everyone you talk to, remind yourself somehow to talk to them again. And that's (laughs) at the very, very basic level. Like that's all the real estate is. Talking to people about real estate. Yeah. Keep talking about it. And, And what else? I mean, you're putting, you're documenting conversations so that you can sound intelligent when you call back. Um, yep. birthdays but you're starting simply right like you didn't start with all that data in there you started right. probably name where they live now try and catch their birthday yeah um, and then it's just kind of compounded and your needs have grown on it too so you don't have to go out and buy yeah. uh, you know a Cadillac or Mercedes-Benz or whatever fancy cars out there no not at all you started with something piece yeah. of paper yep just yeah just start you know collecting information from people um and, you know, Facebook is a really great tool. A lot of people yeah. forget about that. Uh, I'm not great at asking people what their birthday is, but if you can find them on Facebook, you can pretty much find their birthday. Find their birthday. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, there was an old coach that I had um, when I first got into business and he would call up and he would just say, happy birthday. And they'd be like, I don't mean to embarrass you, but my birthday is not today. Oh, <laughs> I had it down as my birthday. When is it? And then he write it down and that's how he would capture their birthday back into it. <laughs> that's genius. Yeah. So it gives you two calls to, to reach out to somebody. <laughs> that's actually really good. You yeah. just have one whole day of like, hey, happy birthday to yeah. know, 50 people. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, you, you obviously, you have an obvious mentor, which is your mom, um, but have you looked or do you have other mentors in this business that have helped you kind of grow, say your team, your business, mm-hmm. uh, yourself, um, yeah. whatever? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so early on, I met uh, a guy named Devin and he is absolutely one of my best favorite mentors. Um, uh-huh. I just told him yesterday that I always tell him, tell everyone that he's my mentor. So I hope yeah. he's good with that. Um <laughs> Even still today, he is. He, uh, when I first got started in the business, um, you know, really full full time, he met with me every single week, held me accountable, taught me how to time block, taught me kind of the five groups of people that you could be talking to at any one time, um, or, you know, the five kind of prospecting areas that there are. Um, And he, you know, when I had done five or six deals a year, He's like, Steph, you can do 12 deals next year. I believe in you. You've got this. You're going to crush it. This, you know, and just over and over and over believed in me and kept telling me that I could do it. And this was a guy who worked with tons of real estate, real estate agents. Um, but I just, I, I love him so much and I can't thank him enough for what he's done for me because in the beginning he believed in me um, and just kept on saying you can do it you know and it went from 12 deals to 24 to 48 and 80 last year you know so um yeah so he's definitely a very influential person in my life and um and obviously yes he did teach me some frameworks and basics of real estate but besides that he was like mostly motivational and encouraging sometimes that's all it takes but you give give somebody a little bit of structure and say this is what you should be doing yep so do it you can do it and yep and it lights a fire caught you totally. on the right day at the right time um that's really incredible that that you had that opportunity to meet that person and, and took yeah. the advice and really followed through with it um, totally. 
and implemented the structure instead of just real estate's not just you know printing out sheets and showing people houses there's a process <laughs> through it to get them to the right. finish line right yeah i think the showing houses is the i mean that's the easy part right yeah that's the starting part most people think that that's like all that we do but that's the easy part yeah <laughs> go into it what are some of the other things what's the what's the harder parts i mean if you're showing people houses that that means they obviously have an interest right so yeah so it's zeroing in on what they want but then then the you know let's sign the contract now what sure yeah yeah i mean finding out just asking the right questions to find out what they you know what they want where they want lifestyle options you know all of that is definitely there's a there's an art to that i would say yeah. you know being able to kind of pair people with the right community um or just different areas of town even um i'll never forget i had these one clients set of clients that came in from california and they were like we don't know where we want to live somewhere in phoenix right like, okay that's, <laughs> that's a pretty big. very large <laughs> space okay we can do this and so I asked them quite a few questions and um, they had picked out a few homes so uh, we went from in one day we went from Gold Canyon um, to you know Mesa, Tempe, Chandler, Gilbert, Scottsdale, Phoenix and we had I knew I knew immediately when we were in Gold Canyon I was like this is the right place for them you yeah. know this is absolutely where they should be they love it the desert it's serene it's beautiful it's all the things and uh, they were like, well, we just really need to be sure. So can we go look at the one in Surprise? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we sure can. <laughs> so we drove. It was like an hour and 10 minutes, I think, from Cold Canyon to Surprise. And oh, yeah. I swear to you, Sean, the first house we went into, we went, stood in the backyard. And what happened? Three fighter jets fly right over the yard. Perfect. And they're like, okay, well, that does it for Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That was my record-breaking day in real estate that I drove 271 miles in one day. That's like, some serious miles. Yeah. Um, That's great. But anyway, going back to your question, uh, just, you know, helping people kind of figure out what they want, especially in a big valley that, you know, has so many different areas that are all great for different reasons. Um, showing them houses, you know, showing them what to look out for, um, you know, what to kind of look for before an inspection even happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the finer points of getting in touch with the listing agent, finding out what the seller is looking for, what motivates the seller, um, being able to have some background to negotiate with them. Um, and obviously the negotiation aspect of this business has changed drastically in the last six years, you know, um, just based on market conditions, but being so hyper-focused on the market and the local specifics of it that I know like, hey, this market is much different than it was a week ago. It's much different than it was six it's months crazy. ago. Um, and it totally, totally informs how you negotiate for your clients um, throughout the entire process, right? It's not just the first offer that you send. It's um, any follow-up uh, like Finzer items or um, repair requests for people who aren't in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, appraisal issues that come up, uh, closing, post-possessions. There's tons and tons of stuff that goes into it um, that is negotiated throughout the whole 30 or 45 days. Sounds like a lot to juggle. Um, and that's, <laughs> and you're doing 80, this 80 a year. So that's, uh, almost two a week, 1.75 a week. Um, that's a lot of 
management. Um, thank God you set up the, uh, the the systems in the new school manner so you can yeah. really handle that volume. Um, yeah. You mentioned something certainly that that is top of mind right now too, and and I, I mean we've seen some incredible shifts in the last two years. Um, we've gone from let's call it a normal market to an extreme seller's market to now it's shifting back into like uh, maybe an even market, maybe slightly buyer <laughs> yeah. advantage. You know, mm -hmm. things are changing a little bit. Yeah. Um, how are you? Oh, and let's say oh, interest rates dropped to almost nothing. And now they're, they're higher than they were two years ago, um, yeah. changing daily. So how are you helping your clients win right now? What's, uh, what does that conversation look like? Either buy on the sell side or on the buy side or sell side. I love that question. And um, I love that you asked it from the buyer and seller perspective. Because sure. while the market, yeah, I mean, while the market has taken some pretty drastic shifts in the last couple of months, I still think there's huge opportunities for buyers. And I still think there's great opportunities for sellers if you know what you're yeah. doing and you're willing to be strategic. Um, you know, but on the buy side, I'm definitely having conversations with people of like, look, in January, we had 3,500 homes on the market and now we have 19,000. So you have choices. <laughs> you don't have yeah. to take the first thing that, you know, that you see. Um, you don't have to buy the cat pee house if you don't want to buy the cat pee house. You know? <laughs> the cat pee house. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a few of those, my friend. Um, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's one thing. Um, you could actually sleep on it. What? You could sleep on a decision to buy a house. Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, it's been nice also for us as real estate agents because uh, it's not like, oh my gosh, a new house is on the market at 7.30. I got to leave dinner right now and go show it yeah. tonight at 8.15. You know, like, huh. hey, let's wait until tomorrow morning. We could do that now. Um, but also just being able to have a little bit of negotiating power back for buyer. Um, one thing that we're doing a lot of right now <clears throat> is getting some seller concessions to buy down interest mm. rates um, because it keeps the value of properties pretty stable rather than doing a price reduction. And it helps buyers get over that shock, right, of the five right. or five and a half percent interest rate, um, even though historically that's still great. Um, when we've been used to two and three and three and a half for the last few years, five kind of feels like a shock to buyers. Sure. So um, just being kind of aware of those different tactics is huge. I mean, I've sold homes in the last couple of weeks that have been in the 300,000 range and the 700,000 range, and both of them got seller concessions. So um, just letting buyers know what that means obviously is great. And on the sell side, you know, pricing now matters more than it's ever mattered before. Um, six months ago, you know, we would look at the comps and then we would say, okay, well, we'll price it a little bit above the comps because we know we can get it. That's probably where it's going to sell. And then we would be wildly surprised because we would have somewhere between five and 20 offers and, you know, would end up way up here. And sure. You know um, what's happening right now is a lot of sellers are still pricing things here, expecting the bidding wars. Right. So they're pricing in the bidding war that isn't happening right. anymore. And so that's why, that's why we're seeing so many price reductions um, is because people are trying to, still think we're in January and build in the bidding war into the price. And we're just not seeing that anymore. So if you're willing to, you know, be strategic price correctly, um, you know, where the comps actually support um, and be creative with some, 
seller concessions possibly or um, doing pre-inspections are coming back. You know, you yeah. can really get ahead of a lot of um, issues and still sell really smoothly and really quickly. So the bottom's not falling out yet. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you hear that question sure. and concern all the time, right? Of is this a crash? Um, no. And in fact, you know, for the last four, three, four months, our inventory has been climbing every single week. Um, and as well as our under contract homes have been not necessarily dropping, um, but not increasing. And just this week on Tuesday, we actually had a final uptick in the under contract number, which is good. I mean, to me, that kind of signals like, hey, maybe this is where we start to really level instead of this, I don't want to call it a free fall, but instead of this like wildly accelerating inventory that we don't know where it's going to stop. Yeah, I mean, it's the 08 numbers were like 50, 60, 70, 80,000 houses for sale. Right. Um, one thing that that I thought about, actually, while you were saying that is that um, people that are concerned with with higher interest rates, sure, the price has gone up, but the number on the house, say it was $500,000. Um, six months ago, that was closing at $600,000. So yeah, you're going to pay more interest rates, but you were also paying a lot more for the house and maybe you had to come out of pocket cash because it wasn't going to appraise right? Um, to make up the yeah. difference. So mm -hmm. your monthly payment might be a little bit higher or even a, a fair bit higher, um, but sure. you know, you're getting what you're getting. You know, if it's 500, you're getting pretty close to 500 or maybe even right. a little less, maybe a little more, who knows. Right. Um, but, but now there are options and strategies. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And some people, have you heard of a 2-1 buy-down at all? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, that's like, uh, some people are mixed about it, about how they feel, but basically it's buying down the interest rate for two years um, mm -hmm. instead. And then at the end of the two years, it reverts back up to whatever it would be. Whatever it was. The, the idea being sometime in the next two years, they're going to go down and you're going to refi, right? Sure. And so... Um, there's a couple of different products like that. I mean, there's the buy down, there's also arms, which are coming back, adjustable rate mm -hmm. mortgages, um, where, you know, it incrementally goes up and up every, every year or so. Um, again, the idea being that rates aren't going to be this forever. Um, right now we're trying to curb inflation and, sure. <laughs> you know, so sometime they'll hopefully go back down and you can refinance. And if it's a house that you like, um, then maybe don't worry about the payment being a little higher than you would like it for right now, because we know in the future that, that that'll drop back down. Does mm -hmm. any of that creativity um, scare you? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Actually, I'm really impressed by the real estate industry as a whole in general in the last six months, um, just because these, these things, two one buy downs and arms aren't new, you know, they were being used before the market that we've been in for the last couple of years anyway. Um, and so that might be the scary thing, right? It's like, oh no, we're doing financing things that we were doing in 2005. That sounds scary. But also right. Dodd-Frank is a thing that exists now, you know? And I don't know about you if you've tried to get a loan lately, but it is not easy. Um, they are going to, you know, ask for everything except maybe a blood sample these days. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's way stricter. Um, and so, so it doesn't scare me. I think it actually impresses me how fast the industry has bounced back 
to like, hey, let's figure out good ways to still get people into homes. Well, the timing was all, you know, the the slowdown, slow down, increase the prices. Um, we'll call it the peak for now. Sure. Um, it happened in, you know, May, June, and July. Um, it started to peter out in in May, mm-hmm. uh, but then it really slowed down quite a bit in July. Um, yeah. But that's all historically our slowest months, anyways. Totally. And and like the peak of in, inflation, you know, whenever where it is today, um, was also peaking right at that time too. So it was right. kind of the perfect storm of events. Now, who knows what could happen in the future? But yeah. But at least looking back in the rearview mirror, um, it certainly seems like we're we're kind of riding the ship a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And you know, frankly, I think we have kind of forgotten that we have a little bit of seasonality. Well, we have a lot of seasonality in yeah. our market. And I think we have forgotten about it a bit because, you know, 2020 was COVID, 2021 yep. was COVID, and we didn't, nothing was normal in those years, you know? And so we didn't have seasonality. In fact, we had the opposite of what our normal seasonality is. And right. so it kind of went away for two years, but now we're going back to that, like, all right, at the end of August, people are going to come back to town soon. Um, and so that's, I, I'm with you totally. I think that's what we're yeah. seeing. And, and it's easy to, it's easy certainly to forget of our seasonality. I think it's more exaggerated in a post-COVID world because people are traveling right. longer and farther. Um, yeah. And, um, and I also think it's easy to forget because a lot of other real estate markets that have cold weather, um, their seasonality is November, December, January, February, even further into that till the mm-hmm. snow melts mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. we don't have that so we go outside and it's sunny and why aren't people buying houses right now well they're right. not here <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> a really good example of that i um i uh, just booked a trip to chicago for thanksgiving uh-huh. uh with my husband i've never been to chicago which is hard to believe but i'm excited and i was like do you think we should get some traveling cases for our golf clubs so that we can golf and he's like, yeah you can't golf in November in Chicago. I'm like, well, November's the perfect time to golf. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> That's why all the people from Chicago are yeah, exactly. in Arizona. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I see you, uh, a big strong arm of your your business and you mentioned it is social media. Um, tell, me, tell me about some of your strategies as you um, develop campaigns through social media or for social Mm -hmm. media Mm -hmm. well first of all I am a huge proponent in real estate of doing things that you like to do yeah um you know some people like cold calling some people like door knocking I do not like either of those things I don't want anyone calling me that I don't know um you know weirdly to ask me if I want to do something for them. Um, I also don't want anyone appearing at my doorstep. And so for me, those two things are just not normal um, or not inherently like comfortable to me. Um, And so when I kind of got over that fact of like, well, I'm not going to do things that make me miserable. What can I do instead? Social media became the very obvious choice. I like social media. I have fun on Instagram. You know, a lot of my, all my friends are on Instagram. Um, it's a great way to keep in touch with people. So I, I realized that I wanted that to kind of be my main thing. 
And okay. it's not necessarily that I get a ton of brand new clients from Instagram. Honestly, it's just my way of keeping in touch with my sphere um, and keeping in touch with people who already know me. Now, occasionally I do get clients who find me because of hashtags or whatnot, you know, and those are awesome. Yeah, um, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> it does not hurt at all. <laughs> uh, I do like a, I haven't done it in a little bit, but I um, would do these home tours where I would just take a bunch of pictures, you know, three or four pictures of the house I was showing, describe it, and then say, guess the price. And yeah. people loved that. Like, I got so much interaction with people. And then, you know, I'm never, I'm never really like, hey, do you want to buy or sell a house? No, it's just kind of me being present in the real estate market, them hopefully realizing, oh, yeah, she's busy in real estate. She's doing a lot of stuff. She knows Phoenix, um, that kind of a thing. And so it's more like it's a more subtle sell for me. Um, but I really just try to focus my social media on like, A, being a real person, being yep. myself, not being forced, you know, not a ton of real estate. It's, it's sprinkled in, but it's not everything. Um, it's mostly my dogs and like restaurants and wine or beer, or whatever, you know, really? <laughs> both, <laughs> um, you know, and then some other, you know, some real estate stuff sprinkled in. And I think it's just, for me, it's the most authentic that I know how to be. Um, it's also an amazingly powerful tool because A, it's free. Um, and B, you can reach everybody that you know and then more, um, especially quickly. video. Yeah, yeah quickly, right. Um, and so that's been kind of my main way actually of informing my client base and my sphere of what's going on in the market. I just flip my little camera around and do a quick video. It auto-populates the subtitles and yep. we're off to the races do you um do you have a ratio that you use so do you have you know um 80 personal 20 percent real estate or is it just kind of psycho psychosomatic that's not right but um <laughs> <laughs> let's go with it it sounded really good psychosomatic yeah. is it um, uh is it just kind of like i need to back it off a little bit i'm doing too much yeah. real estate more personal like you just kind of have your own meter on it yeah, I just kind of flow with like what feels right with it. I don't, I don't really have a ratio, um, but I, you know, I, I try to not put an actual house picture in my feed like more than once every three, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, um, okay. Well, but, that's a ratio. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I do have a ratio. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> One to three. Next question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the metrics that I learned, <laughs> like, um, you know, or even you go on Gary Vandercheck, um, jab, 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 right hook. So it's like three mm -hmm. set people up with three um, non real estate, and then you make a little sale or a soft sale or an ask okay. um, for yeah. that business. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So you were, and you were right on, you were, you were dialed in on that. You, you had it somewhere. And I didn't even <laughs> know, look at that. I think the other thing too that, um, you know, has been helpful for me is like, because a lot of times it's like, well, what do I post? You know, that's the thing that so many realtors always ask me, like you yeah. do social media, but what do you post, right? Um, just because you want to write something that's informational about real estate doesn't mean that it has to be a picture of a house or a picture of, you know, real estate, right? Like, right. 
I'll often do a picture of me and my dogs and say something about um, something about the market like that or something about a park or something about local this or that. Um, and the picture is really just for attention. You know, sure. that's like grabs people. And, and if you have a good first line, then you're like, oh, what's Stephanie talking about with her dog yeah. today? <laughs> <laughs> is, there a, is there a platform that you prefer or platforms? Are you, how actively are you working different platforms? Um, I am mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Face, uh, Instagram is the majority of it. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people are doing TikTok and admittedly, I love TikTok. I love watching TikTok. I just uh -huh. don't, I don't really make them on there because I make reels on Instagram instead. Um, tool just seems a little bit more, I don't know, easy to use for me. Yeah. Um, so those are my two. Facebook, obviously, I, uh, I have a lot more people on Facebook, kind of like anybody that I meet and need to figure out their birthday. I find yep. <laughs> Without the fake call. <laughs> yeah, without the fake call. But that's a good one. Do you, um, are you interacting on Instagram with other people too, you know, um, uh, when somebody picture, you know, a potential client, their child kicks a goal, you know, good goal, Timmy. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> beautiful, whatever, dog, it Sally, be. whatever it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Are you, are you fully integrated in that too? Or is it just kind of set it and forget it? No, definitely not. I mean, it's definitely, it's gotta be a two way street, right. With conversation. Yeah. Um, Plus that satisfies the algorithm, the mysterious algorithm um, mm. that I'm sure is less mysterious to other people who really, really understand social media. But all I know is that there is an algorithm and that if you interact with people, um, you know, that kind of puts you at the top of the page and puts you at the top of the list for stories for and sure. that type of stuff. So um, I definitely try to interact with people. I have a lot of conversations uh, with clients and friends um, in the direct messenger part of it too. Um, I just set up a dinner with clients last night because of Instagram or on Instagram, I guess. So what a great tool. It's awesome. Yeah. I learned a, a long time ago that, or I heard a long time ago, um, they're paying the smartest engineers in the world, tons and tons of money just to get you to spend five more minutes on social media. Yeah. Um, and when you look at it like that, I mean, if that's the keys to the castle, if you spend just a little bit more time on there, then they're going to think you're relevant and you're interacting yeah. more. They're going to think yeah. that you're more important and you are more important, but they're going to think that your account is more important. Right. <laughs> what about uh, you guys? Are you guys using all the platforms? We are. Um, so this will go up on YouTube um, cool. with closed captioning. Um, and then when we take the recording from that, we'll, post this on our website, which then Apple iTunes or Apple podcast then grabs it through an RSS, RRS feeder, whatever that is. Okay. Um, yep. So podcast grabs it. Um, we do probably primarily posting on um, Instagram, which then okay. you push it through Facebook. Um, we try and do a little bit of stories um, mm -hmm. or reels. I don't know yeah. whatever they're calling it now. I guess the yeah. videos are now reels and the stories mm -hmm. are still stories. Yeah. Um, and then when I have been dabbling a little bit with um, TikTok too, um, mm. it's not as consistent as I would personally like, um, and, yeah. and we'll probably work towards that as a um, as a goal moving into the next quarter or next or next year. Right. Um, 
but quite honestly, I'm in a network and a business that doesn't use it really at all. Um, yeah. And so I see, certainly see the power of it, even in sporadic use. Sure. Um, there's, so, I, I mean, I think there's a huge opportunity there, obviously, if not a lot of people are doing it, right? Yeah, there, there are some that are actually kind of shining through, um, even on YouTube a little bit. Um, okay. And in, even in TikTok a little bit too. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy, like they'll, they'll do a flash of a water heater and then mm -hmm. maybe like for three seconds and then they'll say, all right, what's wrong with it? And their comments will explode and then that's their views awesome. will explode too. Um, yeah. so that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, are those, are those quality leads? Probably not. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I personally think that the Instagram for our business, the Instagram is probably a more quality lead, um, where sure. your business, you know, you, you potential person is anybody that wants to buy a house mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and it's not a, it can be it can be a shotgun approach um, to sure. capture that um, but then you also have to dial down into anybody that's really actually going to buy a house right um, right so yeah um, those are kind of where where we're directing into it um, you know we don't we don't have a ton of views on on YouTube um, uh -huh. we have a sizable group not on yet. Instagram not yet. Um, that's true. And it's consistency. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, it's been a work in progress, but everything's yeah. a work in progress always. I personally love better. the ones that you do that are like weird stuff, yeah. you know, and funny stuff. Like the one I, I think I have saved it, that video that you had <laughs> of the one where you turn on the bathtub and the thing shot off. Oh, that's yeah. Like one of my favorite well inspect videos of all time yeah. i show people that all the time <laughs> but more content like that please <laughs> um yeah the uh i, I always call it the shock and awe the shock and awe always has the most <laughs> yeah. resounding um the funny stuff that we see or the the crazy stuff that we see always gets the most activity um uh, you know you get on and talk about yeah you know yeah that's true <laughs> we we usually try and wait a couple of days or, or maybe even a week or so after the inspection um to let some time pass so because we also yeah. understand that we're in someone's home sure. and it's personal to them too. Sure. Um, but yeah, that, that type of stuff resonates um, really well. Um, yeah. You know, we can get on and talk about uh, how an HVAC system works and it's like melatonin for people. <laughs> <laughs> They're out. Night sleep meditation podcast. We'll yeah. Talking about how an HVAC works. <laughs> we, we recognize that really early. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. um, so that, I mean, that's really impressive. You've talked about building relationships, whether you, whether you knew it or not, you know, through early connections of answering the phone, um, sending cards, um, developing spheres and, and influence on social media. Um, what are a couple of quick keys that you use to develop a quick, uh, an a, immediate attraction, a relationship and to a long lasting relationship where you're getting referrals for years? Mm. Um, you know, I think just trying to find some common ground with people as quick as you can is always a good way to do it. You know, I love yeah. doing open houses for that reason, because Really? I'm instantly like searching for something in common with those people and trying to kind of break down the wall. Um, and, and so I love doing those and whether it's like, you know, 
they're wearing a cubby shirt or something or sure. you know wearing a u of a hat and i kind of give them a yeah. little go devil sign you know people are you know, i think so often we think of like us as the real estate agent and then as a consumer right but we're all just people and sure um you know just trying to find some common ground with people and and then make them feel like they're the most important person you know um can't go wrong with that no be there answer the phone yeah answer when they need you mm -hmm. i learned that um when i was bartending years and years ago um and somebody said you know who's going to give you a better tip your friend or or just somebody you don't even know mm -hmm. and and make friends with them really quickly and and some of the the fast fastest connections you can make is you know where you're from um you know where what are your favorite sports teams uh yep. you know what do you like to do on the weekend just really simple yep. questions and listen yep um, yep and and then they'll open up and it creates an immediate connection um, totally. so it sounds like you've used that well in your business people love to talk about themselves right so just keep the questions coming and they'll tell you and and when they tell you like you said listen and yeah. you know and hear them and try to figure out like what they need and how you can help them get what they need yeah yeah that's awesome um i love that you bartended i forgot about that i did too yeah 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 i think i i personally think that that everybody at some point in their life should work in a restaurant because um, it's like I've said that for years a really chaotic ecosphere of mm -hmm. madness um, mm -hmm. where it's high stress and everybody's trying to work on a team and needs to work for themselves and and people can get um, very happy um, and very angry over the silliest things and then mm -hmm. you also throw in some cocktails into the mix and now you have adult babysitting yep. <laughs> so yep. it's like um, it teaches you a, a lot about people really fast totally um, agree yeah I'm sure you and I can talk on hours on hours about <laughs> bartending stories. <laughs> I bartended was a little in old down in college, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh... yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah. Um, let's shift gears real quick. Uh, we got to talk a little bit about home inspections. Um, yeah, let's do it. That's that happens to be um, something that we do. Um, <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, what <laughs> Very well, I might add. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's it. That's all we need to talk about. Today. Okay. <laughs> what do you like most up. about um, home inspections or home inspectors? Um, that is an excellent question. Uh, I would say I really like home inspectors that are not inflammatory. Mm. And, you know, by that, I mean, technically everything is fixable. It just depends on how much it's going to cost and if sure. you're willing or able to do that. And, you know, I've been in some inspections, not you, where the inspector is like, oh my God, this is terrible, you know, and inputting their own opinion of the matter into the situation, um, which ultimately you guys are really good at giving the facts and, mm -hmm. you know, and then like letting the client and the team figure out how to categorize the facts and sure. what level of importance they are. Um, and so I, I think early on, I had a couple of like very inflammatory um, inspections where something as silly as like, a, you know, the wrong TPR valve 
was like this big deal that was going to blow up a sale, you know? And so it became very important to me early on to have inspectors who understand very much the actual house and all the workings and everything, but then also deliver it in a way that's educational and friendly and not scary. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that knocks the second question out too, because I can tell what, what you like least about home inspectors. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, You have what I call a a high AQ. And I think that comes from paying attention at home inspections and being there too, or a high home IQ. Mm. Um, What are some things that you have learned uh, working with home inspectors? Because I also heard you say a while back, which was, um, you know, things that will come up during the inspection or before the inspection. Um, So it sounds like you're going through the house looking for you know, some potential red flags too. Yeah, for sure. And I think that just comes with, you know, with practice and years uh-huh. of going to the actual inspection. You know, I make it a point to try to learn something every time I do go to an inspection. And I do, I mean, I learn something every single time, whether it's like, you know, I remember Jeremy specifically um, at one point teaching me about termites and how they need yeah. water on their bodies every 72 hours, you know, and things like that. But now, inform me when I'm out with clients like oh look this is a termite tube by the way they need water on their bodies every 72 hours you know and that makes me look great because they're like wow how do you know that about termites (laughs) Um, um, but yeah I mean just kind of looking for those I was in one just um, last week where unfortunately I guess I'm not supposed to say that but unfortunately they didn't use you guys Uh and I actually felt like I was kind of helping the inspection walkthrough <laughs> go along because they were using all of these they were using like the industry slang and some sure. like uh, you know abbreviations and stuff and I was like oh by the way that means this or oh by the way do, do you guys know what a GFCI is and just you know like kind of stopping them along certain points to say hey could you please explain that because these are first-time home buyers they've never owned a home before you know yeah. can we make sure that they understand what you're saying because I'm looking at them and they're just like what's happening <laughs> you know face covered yeah blank um yeah and so like obviously the actual information is very important but the explanation and the delivery of that um is is even more important yeah yeah I mean it, it's easy to to do and it's easy to forget sometimes but um, we're, we're only covering, you know, a couple of thousand things in, in a sh- couple of hours and then ex- trying to explain it to the client in an hour. Right. And, yeah. um, and it's also easy to forget that um, we have to hand your client back to you. And so mm-hmm. it's, I think, um, quite honestly, I, the, the way in which we designed it, we took the um, optics of a restaurant experience or, um, or even from bartending and you want to make quick mm-hmm. friends and explain things that are really simple for people to understand um, and take them through that experience so that we hand it back to you and um, you don't have a mess of emotions and questions. Sometimes you do. Right, right. Not, inspe- not every inspection is perfect and not every sure. house um, that yeah, you go to possible. buy is perfect for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Kind of a follow-up question to that. Um, what do you think is, how does like a new agent get that experience? I mean, you're seeing maybe an inspector 80 times a year or so. Um, mm-hmm. So you start to understand that and you develop the, the methodology and how you're supposed to behave at an inspector, but, or sorry, at yeah. an inspection, but that new 
agent is like going to be a deer in the headlights with their other client, you know, especially if a new agents often attract newer home buyers, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would just, I mean, if I was new and didn't have a team, I would just go find the, you know, some of the top producing agents in your office or some of the nicest or some of your friends or whoever it is that's in real estate that, you know, and say, Hey, I would love to come to your next inspection with you. I'll just yeah. watch, like, I won't say anything, you know, yeah. just let me come and listen um, because they really are so educational, you know, and a lot of the things that come up on every house, you know, like the TPR thing or the high loop on the sure. whatever, the age of the AC or the age of the water heater, right? If you go to enough inspections, those are, those are things that show up every time. And then at some point you begin to take that from, okay, I'm just going to hear about this in the home inspection to, hey, while we're out looking at houses, let me just peek and because I know where to look for the age of the water. Yeah. I know where to look for the age of the AC, you know, or I can open the thing and the under the sink, look, there's no high, high loop. Um, and it builds you credibility, but it also going to those inspections, you know, increases your own knowledge um, for your clients. And like I said, I mean, yeah, I did 80, well, they weren't all buyers last year, but right. 50, 60, some home inspections last year. And I learned something at every single one. So yeah. it's not like you can ever know all of it. That's why we have you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. I mean, I, I love that you've taken that stance in there and, and kind of free uh, gathered some information for your clients while you're in the process of making the deal so that you have less surprises through that process. Sure. Um, in Arizona, I think one of the biggest ones is the roof, right? Yeah. Like, um, roof. you know, and I, roof and AC. Yeah. And I, I always tell people, look, I'm not a home inspector. I don't, I can't tell you the age of the roof. I don't know, but I can tell you that if this is a 1980s house with a tile roof and they're not advertising that it has a new roof, better have a new one. Probably yeah. going to be original, you know? Yeah. And that definitely softens it when we get to the inspection and the inspector's like, oh, hey, by the way, the roof's original. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we expect that. But you but if you're new, you don't know that, just go to some. Go in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'd be we, happy to let the, anybody come to mind. In the past we've we've had new agents um do that or met new agents in that respect. We've also we haven't done it in a long time, but um we've hosted um like mock inspections where we'll take agents through a house and do that as well. Um that would so be awesome. it, I mean I, I it's it's been my long-term goal is to create more informed agents about how to get those data tags and what to look for and red flag um, electrical panels because I think it empowers you I think you're right on that yeah absolutely I um, love that I mean that's such a great yeah. way to give back to the industry too you know and um who is it that just said this the other day it's not their quote, but anyway, um, someone reminded me of a great quote, which is a rising tide lifts all ships, yep, you know, and if sure. we as an industry are all committed to like teaching each other how to be better all the time, then it's just going to make us all as an industry better for our clients. They'll have, you know, better value of what, what it is we do. hundred percent, hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, how do you stay organized? You got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> So I am a kind of a planner fanatic. Um, uh -huh. I love as much as I am like a techie, you know, person, I love 
a paper planner um, and uh -huh. I love crossing off things on a sticky note like there's no more satisfying feeling than that like look at this thing all my sticky notes very very I love that um, but a couple of years ago I was looking for my new planner, which is a very exciting thing at the end of the year. Like, yes, I get to get a new one. Started November, like shopping on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what's it going to be? What book am I going to carry around for the next year of my life? Oh, yeah. You know, That's a big, a big commitment. It's a big decision. Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking everywhere and looking and looking and looking, and I couldn't find anything that I liked. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write my own. Huh. And it did. And I printed it at my office, which I'm sure that my office manager <laughs> because I also printed one for all of the members of my team. Sure. I have an old one that's sitting right here. It's pretty funny because it's like falling apart. It's like yeah. OG you oh, know, cool. binder. And um, so I wrote that for my team members. And then I was out somewhere I carried around all the time. And an agent friend of mine was like, where did you get that? I was like, well, I wrote it. And she said, well, can I have one? Sure, you can have one. She's like, you should sell yeah. these. And so last year I, um, I did that with a business partner, friend of mine, we, uh, we copyrighted them and printed them with like a real printer, not at our office. <laughs> this is what the new version looks like now. It's called uh, the real estate planner. Amazing. Um, and basically it's just like all the things that I learned how to do as an agent and structuring that in a way that you can look at weekly. Um, it's basically a time blocking planner that has time blocking on one side and then your activities on the other side. And it's a way to track how many um, people you talk to, you know, ultimately, like I said earlier, you know, real estate being successful in real estate is all about talking to people about real estate. And yeah. um, so tracking how many people you talk to, whether it's through text messages or DMs or social media or cold calling or whatever you want to do, right? But knowing how many people you talk to. Um, and then the other thing it has in there too is some really good social media ideas because that was something that I found agents saying all the time over and over was like, what do I post? What do I post? So uh, my business partner and I came up with 365 ideas for what to post on social media, which is in that planner. And then also 52 ideas for video as well. So that's once a week. Amazing. Yeah. Talk about your gift to rise the tide, right? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, Arizona is an interesting place to be in real estate. And I'm uh -huh. sure you know this, the licensees have only continued to increase this entire year, even uh -huh. through um, this new market that we're in. There's still more and more licensees getting their license every year. Sure. And, um, you know, and the school doesn't, the schools don't do a great job of teaching you what to do once you get your real estate license. It's like, okay, you know how big an acre is and how to calculate loan amortization, but where are you going to get a client? Right, exactly. <laughs> and what are you going to do with that client? When you a license to be in business, but you don't have a business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so um, it's just, you know, it, it's not for everybody, the planner, um, you know, it's, obviously it's like fairly social media focused but sure. for me it's just a structure that really works and i wanted to be able to share that with people thank you for sharing that where does um where do people find it where does someone go buy that uh i will send you the link but it is okay. the home connection dot shop 
Say it again. I think it cut out just as e-home connection. The, the, the. like the okay. home connection dot shop. Perfect. There's a www there too in front. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been an incredible conversation. I appreciate your time. Yeah, um, you too. It's a lot of fun getting to know your story. Um, where does somebody reach out to you um, for um, questions, uh, mentorship, uh, team questions, real estate questions, uh, business questions. inquiries, anything? Yes. Um, well, Instagram is the easiest way to find me, Stephanie Greenfield okay. AZ. Uh, also, my cell phone permanently affixed to my hand as previously. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's on airplane on mode right now. So that I didn't, so I wouldn't be tempted to look at it during our podcast. <laughs> but uh, my cell is 602-989-6057. Happy to help Amazing. whoever I can. Thank you. Thank See you. you soon. Thank you for listening to Just Another Real Estate Podcast. For the latest episodes, please subscribe and be sure to follow Dwell Inspect Arizona on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. To contact Dwell Inspect Arizona, call us at 480-867-4599. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, email our team at office at dwellinspectaz.com.